This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. to Dr. Dawn on Careers on SiriusXM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. Here in the studio with Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash all hour long. We are live right this second at 844-942-7866. You can call us now with any and all job search and career questions because we want to hear from you. Hey, switchers are the future of work. Are you ready to reinvent? What is on tap for you in 2021? Perhaps a functional change, perhaps a new industry? Well, give us a call 844-942-7866 because we want to hear. All right. And today we have a fantastic guest with us all hour long to help us with this is Jack Kelly. He is CEO, founder, and executive recruiter at We Recruiter, one of the oldest and largest global search firms that specializes in compliance and has placed thousands of professionals with top tier companies over the last 20 years. So if you've always wanted to talk to a recruiter and ask what's really going on behind the scenes, why can't I get even an interview or why after three interviews did I get ghosted? Today is your day to ask. 844-942-7866. Jack Kelly is also the senior contributor at Forbes where he covers trends happening in the job market and shares insider tips and career advancement secrets with job seekers. He is also the author of How to Get a Job in Tough Times, and we are so excited to have him on the show all hour to answer your questions. Welcome to Dr. Don on Careers, Jack. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So you're a prolific writer. Everybody should follow you on Forbes because they will be getting new insightful articles from you pretty much hourly. You, I, like, I, I'm always reading an article. I'm like, I, this has got to be a Jack Kelly. This is a Jack Kelly, right? And they're, they're great. And also, you are uh, somebody I know people want to talk to because everybody wants to know what's going on behind the curtain, Jack, with the hiring process. Everybody wants to know, what is the problem going on here? Is it me? Is it them? Is there some unknown force that's that's just keeping job seekers and job uh, and employers separated? What is happening here? So we're so happy you're here answering those questions. My pleasure. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to help. 844-942-7866. If you're just tuning in, we are live right now on Dr. Dawn on Careers here with Jack Kelly, who can answer any and all job search questions you have. So I want to, I kind of want to kick off because I, I recently saw um a uh, LinkedIn Live between you and and another great career expert, uh, Mark Anthony Dyson. And you're talking about the topic, how to get a job before Christmas, which is a fantastic job. And I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. I have to go back on LinkedIn Live and catch that. But if you had to summarize, what what are some of your top tips for people who are saying, look, I got I got a timeline and I got to get a job? I'll give you one of my top tips. What I think in this particular market, because 
there's so many people out of work. What is it, like 65 million people filed for unemployment since mid-March, and there's, you, you're going to run into a lot of competition. And if you're just sending out applications, if you're just sending resumes, it's easy to get lost. What I would suggest, try to find maybe there's five companies you really want to work for. You know, your heart is set, hey, I'd love to work at this place. It's great. Then look to see anyone you know who's there. Or if you don't know someone, who do you know that knows someone there? Because, and this is going to sound crass, but you want to kind of cut in line. You want to find that person who works inside. So you could say, hey, Don, let's say you're working at you know, Goldman Sachs, and I really want to work at Goldman Sachs. I say, I saw this job at Goldman. Do you know who's hiring? Can you put me in touch with that person? So now you're not a resume. You're not an application. You're a real person, and you come recommended. And then if you could get a second person or even maybe a third, then it's amazing. Because imagine if you're a hiring manager, you're an HR person, all of a sudden one, two, three people separately say, you have to hire Don. She's great. You've got to talk to her. You've got to meet with her. You're, you're going you're to talk with her because you have a stack of resumes, and you have no idea who they are. You know, they're pieces of paper. You don't know. But now you have someone in your organization who you trust saying, hey, speak to Don or speak to Jack. So I would say that's one of the best things to do because you're taking a proactive stance, you're not being passive. You're being kind of aggressive, so it's a little bold. But there's a better chance of getting a person's attention. So it's interesting, Jack, because I, I feel like I feel like the process. Anybody who's in career management, you and I've been in this field for for twenty years, um, uh, you know, each. And so, what has what has gone wrong with the hiring system? Because I do think maybe twenty years ago, <laughs> the online application system worked it you know people applied they actually got a callback or an interview or something or at least a hey we looked at your resume you're not quite what we're looking for but I mean now now it's it's ghosting it's crickets it's just like did my yeah so what what happened in the last 20 years you know it's so interesting because like 20 years ago and and when I would deal with an internal HR person they didn't call it talent acquisition that was HR they knew their stuff. They were experts in their field. And they would give feedback. They would say, hey, Jack, Dawn went for the interview, went really well. Here's what she did well. Here's what she didn't do right. Here's what she should do next. And, oh, by the way, she's going to meet with so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And this is what I would suggest she should do. And this is what she should brush up on. And then I would go to you as my candidate and share that. And it would be amazing because then you know what to do. You're getting feedback. You're getting constructive criticism. So you have a better chance of acing that interview. Fast forward now, it's all technology. And I'm not, the, I'm not one of these guys who says ATS robots are horrible, but I am. I'm just going to say, they're, they're the I'm, devil. I'm, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> so this is what you said. Okay. So, so all the HR people don't hate me. So there, yeah. Okay. So uh, what I find out, so what ends up happening, it's all technology driven. So when you send something in, you know, it goes into some portal. Someone has to maybe look at it eventually. Maybe it'll get in front of the hiring manager. And, when, and it used to be the people who I would deal with back 20 years ago, they'd be 35, 40, 45, 50 years old, knew their stuff. Now the average age of a person who's looking at the resume is like 13 years old. And it's not their fault. I mean, they're young. They just don't know. You know what I mean? They don't know what to look at. Well, I was so certainly they, 13 when I started 20 years ago. So I, I think that is the case. We were both seven. That's what it is, really. It was like we were about seven years old. We were prodigies. We were recruiting prodigies, starting out really young in elementary school. But, but it makes a difference because with the technology, you hide behind it. And then when you hire these very young, inexperienced people, it's not their fault. 
you know, when I was starting, I was, I was an idiot. I didn't know anything. So, you know, when you, you know, you don't really understand it. And if you don't understand it, it's hard for you to communicate to a candidate what to do, what not to do. Are you right or you're not right? So you just get lost. It's so true. Technology. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's so really, true. It's terrible. I have some I have some stories about when I was starting out and recruiting in my very early twenties that it's I'm I'm horrified to share. I will, of course, if anybody asks me, but uh it's it's pretty scary stuff. Eight four four nine four two uh oh well you know what, Dan, we we're gonna go to the phones right now, so I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. So I want to hear that story. Did yeah. You, well, this is such a tease. We, what, that sounds good. Well, maybe maybe if a, if a listener asks, I'll I'll tell. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. But we really are gonna go to the phones with Sharice and Marilyn. Sharice, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi, Doctor Don. Hi. Um, so I'm calling in for advice. Uh, I'm, I've read your book. I'm I am what they call a switcher. I've been a social worker for about. 10 years and most recently switched into a business development role within my organization. I had my um, performance eval on Monday and it sort of came out, you know, my supervisor said, hey, you know, if I were to judge from some of the reports you've sent in, I would say it doesn't sound like you'll be here. You're interested in being here for another one to two years. Um, She said it a, a bit more mildly, but then I kind of fessed up and admitted, you know, um, unfortunately, you're right. Um, I don't plan to be around for the next one to two years. So um, we talked about that a bit. Um, my manager sounds like she is interested in helping me, but I kind of don't trust that because um, we haven't normalized those kinds of conversations in a work environment where I'm telling my manager, hey, I don't plan to be here. Right. Um, so I guess my question for you is, we are supposed to have another um, conversation, and I kind of want to figure out how to navigate that, as in how do I work with her to, to make the next, to, to, to plan, you know? Um, so next day, can I ask her to say, hey, give me about four months to find a new job, or how do you suggest I go about navigating that kind of uncomfortable conversation about yeah, you know, this, this is, is not a good fit, and I do want to move on. This is juicy. I like this, Cherie. So, so first off, tell us why you're looking to move. Is it because you want to do something different? Is it because you don't see any growth opportunities in the organization? What is what is the reason? Several. Um, I've been within this organization organization for six plus years, and so I'm worried that if I spend any more time, I'm just gonna be stagnant. Um, and so I, I want to learn about different organizations. I am in healthcare. Uh, this job is more of a sales role, and I'm coming from a social work background. So that's I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with sales and, and not interested in growing in that area. Plus, um, when I look at my long-term career trajectory, it's, it's not in sales. It's not moving up in sales. And so... Fair. Um, totally I do, fair. I do want to move on. All right. Totally fair. So and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I think everybody should be thinking like you, Sharice, in the sense that am I growing? Am I growing in the way that I want to grow? Am I growing in alignment with the market? Because if you're not, then you don't want to get left behind. So I'm going to I'm going to toss it to our expert, Jack, who's on the phone. Jack, what advice do you have for Sharice? So Sharice, you're, you're very brave to do that, by the way, because that's hard to do. <laughs> to sit down with your boss and say, hey, you know what? You're right. And so as you were talking, I didn't know you were going to go in that direction and, and say, oh, wait, you're right. Um, here's, here's what I would weigh. The market is really tough. And during this period of time, when you get into the holidays, even in the hottest market, things are slow. 
So I, I would suggest what you want to do, you want to hold on to that job as long as you can because you don't know. Could you maybe go out there and look and find a job right away? Yes. But I would rather manage your expectations that it could take a long time to find it because, as we know, there's so much uncertainty in the air now. So maybe if you're comfortable, you can go back to, to your boss with the idea that you want, you want to stay there as long as possible so it buys you time to find something. And you don't want them to her to say, hey, you're going to leave. Let's just let her go because i got to find a replacement. Uh, so you have two options. One, you could say, I feel you're not going to be comfortable with this one. One, you could say, hey, you know what? I did a lot of thinking about our last conversation, and I really appreciate you gave me the chance to move in the sales-oriented role. And I, and I understand I probably did not meet up to expectations because this is new for me. But I would like to keep trying and see if I can do that. Um, I really like the organization. I like you. I like the company. I really want to do well. Um, at the same time, if you feel that maybe from a sales perspective, that's not my forte, can maybe we discuss about going back into my other role or another role, with, which is my strong suit. And the reason I'm saying that is if you could just buy time and what could happen is either A, they may put you in a, in a role that you're like, oh, all right, this is cool. I still may want to leave, but at least I know I have a job and then I can leave on my own terms and not have to get in every day. Because if you kind of have a time frame, you have to worry every day oh, my God, is this going to be my last day? Are they going to be judging me? Are they going to be interviewing my replacement? It just makes it so uncomfortable. So I, I'm right. curious. I'm curious, Cherise, what's your network like? What are um, what are your options? Are you Do you have a lot of people you know in these areas um, that are, are hiring in social work? Do you feel how, what, what do you feel like your chances are of getting a job just based on on the people who are in your network? So that's a good question. So if my intention was to go back into social work, so my intention is not to go back into social work <laughs> either. Um, when I think so, of, so completely leave it. No. Right. So my intention is to create, or what I would like to do is create healthcare products and services for the aging population, for individuals with mental health challenges, that kind of thing. Um, and I haven't quite found a title for it yet, but I'll figure it out. Um, and so if, if my intention was to run back to social work, absolutely, I have a great network there. Um, and so I could easily jump back into that. But if it were to go path, then I do need to work on figuring out where exactly my network is and then move in that direction. Let me ask you this, Sharice. What's the scariest part of this whole thing for you? What's, what's the part that you're like, ah, if I could just solve this? What is it? Um, I think sort of sort of honing in on, on what exactly I want to do. Um, and that's been a struggle for me, which I identified, which also came about during this discussion with my manager. And um, I have booked a, a meeting with a therapist for next Monday, so hoping that somehow she'll be able to help me figure that out. I think that's the scariest part for me, really. Yeah. So, and I think you're in um, you're in good company in the sense that a lot of people are realizing, especially this year, that they they don't want to keep doing what they're doing. But that that question of well, what do I want to do? What is is very difficult to answer. So I think finding a coach, a therapist, somebody who's objective, who can ask you the tough questions, is going to be a great start. It also sounds like you know some of the things you don't want to do, which is also 
a great piece of the puzzle that, you know, you don't want to do sales, you know the industry you want to be, and you even know the population you want to work with. So I think those are all great things. In the short term, I think, you know, what Jack is basically saying is it's going to be hard to find a job. Things are very competitive right now. A lot of people are out of work. And depending on your financial situation, if you can't afford to be out of work for any period of time, then it is risky to go in and be completely open and honest. That said, I think there, I think your hand has been tipped. Your bosses has noticed it. I mean, I think what she was saying to you is you're not performing up to par and it doesn't look like that's going to change. So, so um, you know, that that's out in the open now. Uh, here's what I would say, and a lot of people are thinking, I'm in this position, what would I do? Um, ask yourself, are there roles you can move into within your current organization that are going to be more aligned with your direction? And, and would your boss be open to help you kind of make that transition with you being open to making sure everything that you're doing right now is continued to be covered um, while you're making that transition. That's kind of a a gray middle area that maybe um, is an option that you hadn't thought of. I also think one of the things you want to do very, very um, quickly is figure out that next step, start rebranding, and start building your network so that those openings are available. To Jack's point earlier, you know, maybe there are five companies that work with this aging population in a healthcare manner that you can start speaking to. You could start finding out how your skills align, what options there are. And, um, you know, if that's not the case, or if worst case scenario happens and your boss says next week, look, you know, this isn't working, we need to pivot here, then, I mean, you know you can get a job in social work, and maybe that job in social work is in the environment where you eventually want to pivot, because I think sometimes making a functional change within an organization can be easier than making a complete industry and and functional change at the same time. So do any of those options feel, um, either the ones that Jack mentioned or the ones we're talking about now, feel like something that's workable for you? Yes. Um, with what Jack mentioned, though, um, I guess, like you said, my hand has been tipped. So to go back to her and 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 say I really want to work at this, which, if for the remainder of the time I'm in the job, I do want to work at this. So whether it be four months, six months, I don't want to just kind of lay around and not do much. It's just it's against my values actually to just yeah. not do anything, even though I'm leaving. Um, but I'm worried if I go back and, and really trying to say, hey, I want to stay, um, it's going to look a bit facetious in a way because on Monday I told you I, I, I didn't. Okay, so, so let's tweak um, what Jack said. Would it be okay if I, if yeah. I mentioned something to Yeah, Yeah, because I was going to say, <laughs> like, we can tweak that. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, cause, yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I love what you had to say, Don. That was perfect. And and what I, you know, the only thing I would add is this, because I get what you're I, – I feel it in, in what the way you come across yourself. I can see the tension of like you don't – want to say something that's not exactly this so you, you you're in a you're in a tough bind what if let's say i'm you right and i and i and, and you're you're my boss and i could say hey i gave it a lot of thought you know i think you're right you know from the sales you know being in a sales related role is really not my strength um but then also after giving it a lot of thought i, I want to try something different and here's what i'm looking to do but at the same time i recognize this is a really rough job market is there, is there a way we could work together? Is there something we could do? Because I, I, I'm, I'm loyal. I've been here, I think you said, what, six years? I've been there for six years. Yeah. You know, and presumably you at least like your boss or tolerate your boss. 
So I say, hey, yes. I like the organization. I like the people. So I, I, I would appreciate it. I can stay here. I'll contribute the best I can. I could do whatever it takes. I'll give it 100%. But I do feel, and I'm, and you know what? I'm kind of glad we brought this up because it, it cleared the air, and, and it made me realize I do have this other area I want to move into. But is there a way I could just stay here? I could work. I could work hard. I'll help train a new replacement. I could help you with the interviewing. But at least it buys me time so I don't end up you know, out of work for a long period. Yeah, and I, I, I like that. I feel like that feels more in line with your value, Sharice. Yeah. And I'm going to add one thing. Um, and in, uh, present it in a way that helps them versus, you know, it's a tough job, job market for you, but more that... You know, it, things are things are tough right now for everybody. I I don't want to you know leave you in a lurch, and I commit to to um, upping my game and doing everything I can for the next four to six months to make this work and all those other things. But present it in that it's a partnership that that you know yes they're helping you, but you're helping them, and you're going to do everything you can to make that that transition smooth because. I agree with you. If, if you know, if you do leave two months from now after that conversation and you need a reference, that might be a sticky situation. Um, so so that that makes sense. If that doesn't feel genuine to you, you have to go with what feels genuine to you. Wow. Oh, this has been so helpful. Thank you very much for all these tips. We are so, Dawn, so that's glad. brilliant, though. That's brilliant because I just, you know, as you're saying it, I'm thinking this too, Cherise, because – your high, they may not be able to hire someone new. A lot of times the budgets close up by the end of the year. So their back could be against the wall. So let's say if they did let you go, they may not be able to hire someone. So to Dawn's point, that's not helpful for the manager because now she's going to have to do the extra work or dump it on someone else. So th- there may be this mutual beneficial relationship where, all right, you stay here. She knows you have someone doing the job, even though you're going to leave, and it buys her time. Yeah, I agree. Now, the, now that the the hand is tipped, it's out yeah. there. It's in her mind. It's in both of your minds. I think it's your best bet now is to say, let's find the the middle ground, the partnership that works for both of us. And you know, and both sides will hope that the other upholds it. Obviously, if you found a job, Sharice, or sooner, you know that that could happen, or they could find a replacement sooner. But but right right now, the cat's out of the bag. So that's that's kind of I think where we are. But Sharice, we are so glad you called. I'm I'm so happy that we got. To to talk through this with you because I'm sure a lot of people are struggling with this as well. So very helpful to a broad audience. And we wish you all the best. Fingers crossed for that conversation and um, for the next few months with your switch. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're here with Jack Kelly, who is the CEO, founder, and executive recruiter at WeCruiter. And we are going to stick with the phones with Richard in Virginia. Welcome to the show, Richard. What's on your mind? Uh, the dream team, always giving great career coaching. <laughs> Long-time listener, I see. We're so glad you called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping you'll kind of tie this into switchers where you've got the plan A, where you're trying to find out where, where you overlap with the market, right? That's kind of where, where I'm at right now. And um, the question is, in terms of um, big business versus small business, I think that there's a like I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm asking for the demographics, uh, the big businesses versus small businesses. Where are the jobs? How many jobs are in the small businesses? How many are in the big business? Because Jack was saying, you know, find three or four companies you like to work for. If if I do that, it's like, you know, Google, Facebook, you know, SiriusXM. You know. <laughs> 
Are you looking for a referral? Are you looking for a referral, Richard? Yes. Dion, write that down. Write that down. Got it. You're right. You're right, Richard. I'm going to tell you this. Um, so so Steve Dalton's book, To Our Job Search, one of my faves, he talks about the fact that there are nine, that 99% of companies in the U.S. have fewer than 500 employees, which means mm-hmm. that there's a lot of, let's just say, non-household names, a lot of maybe B2B companies that people don't know about. And you're absolutely right. When people think, what companies do I dream about working for? They come up with the fan companies, you know, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And mm-hmm. everybody comes up with the fan companies and this is why Google gets something like four million resumes a year and hires like a a tenth of a percent of those people. So I completely agree, Richard. You're spot on. Go where there's less competition. If you want to find that job in the next few months, go where where the the competition is lower, where companies may not have the budgets that these big companies do to, to promote and to sell. You could also, I mean, these companies are 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 often very um have very friendly cultures, very family friendly, very good pay, good benefits, and lots of other things, but people don't think of them. So I love that idea. Jack, what are your thoughts on that? You know, Richard, maybe this will help too. In your experience, are you have you been with both large and small firms or yes. been so far? Yes, I have. What's your experience? And- yeah, that's that's a good question, Jack. Yes. Can, can you hear me? Yeah. 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 You, I, you, yeah. yeah the answer like is one yes, better than the other. Yes. Uh, 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 yes. I think I've been enjoyed working for the big organization, uh, but then I, I recognize the challenges in both. So, um, yeah. I think if you're a switcher. Um, one of the things I would encourage you to do is is to really not look at the big guys who have unlimited resources because the fact is they can get exactly who they want and they're not going to be as open to a switcher as a smaller, more agile company. The cool thing about smaller companies is you often have greater impact on the organization or in your role because your role is um, you know broader and you probably uh, connect with more departments and and create and again I'm not saying one is better than the other but I'm saying that a lot of people don't consider the the maybe small to mid-sized companies because they don't come to mind and they take a little bit more digging to find but if you're one of those people um, and I know you're out there I do I do you flip through the job listings looking for those brand name companies ignoring the ones that you've never heard of you gotta, you gotta stop that if you're serious about getting a job or you're serious about making a switch because you're missing out on some potentially great opportunities for the sheer fact that you've not heard of the company or that you've not come across the company. But I urge you, go go look at some of these companies. Go do the research. See see what people are saying on Glassdoor. Some of the, the smaller companies that I've, I've been looking at um, online have some of the best ratings and people love working there and they love the collaboration and it's such a great environment. So um, especially now that it's virtual, we're obviously in a very different time period now where, where a lot of jobs are becoming remote. So I think it's something you you shouldn't overlook. So, Richard, um, how how would you suggest people find these companies as somebody who's worked for both? I'm putting you on the spot here. I know. 
<laughs> I was like, thought you were going to turn to Jack. Uh, <laughs> you can turn to Jack. You can pass I'm it good. off. You can yeah, pass I'm it off. She asked you, Rich, because I wasn't sure either. But, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, because Rich, you were poisoning, so maybe I'll help you out here. Well, how about this as, as, as a kind of another way we could look at it in, in, in these terms? Rather than saying big or small, just look at what you want to do next, like the type of role, right. the type of work you want to do, what will make you happy, and then put aside the size. But look more of, hey, this is, the, this is my skills, this is my background, this is my experience, this is what I love to do. And then where, where is there a place that, that has something to offer? And if it's big, it's big, mid-size, mid-size, small, I guess, you know, then you can take it from there. Yeah, I guess it really varies also on where geographically you are, right? A lot of people are in the urban areas and they have a lot of different big employers in those urban areas. And that's more than their option or if you're going to be able to move to one of those. But if you're in a, um, um, I don't know, more suburban or a place like I'm in with, you know, 100,000 people in the local metro area, it, it doesn't have as much of the big employers. So then yeah. my, my focus, you know, if I'm stuck to this area, confined to this area, I have to kind of shift my focus to the employers in the area anyhow by default, unless there's something remotely I can do for a serious. For example, <laughs> hey, Don, I'd be curious. Don, I'd be curious about your thoughts on this because this is a new Avabi thing. And Richard, I would I would suggest this might be worth a try with this whole work from anywhere, work from home, work remote train uh, trend going on. Mm-hmm. It might be worthwhile to send out resumes to places outside of your commuting distance mm-hmm. because, I mean, you you've seen it. You know all these. Big companies and, and a lot of the ones Dawn mentioned, you know, the Facebooks of the world, the Googles have all said, hey, we're going to have everyone working remotely to 2021 in the summer. So mm-hmm. what difference does it matter to them if they hire someone in Silicon Valley or New York or Boston or a suburb in Virginia? Because you're going to do what you're going to do. So I'm, what I've heard from other, of other job seekers, that it's a mixed bag. So they're not, I, I want to be fair, it's not as if they say, yes, okay, you don't live around by us, but we're going we're gonna to hire you. But it's worth a shot to try so you don't feel hemmed in by just what's around you. And that, that could give you a little bit more of a variety because so it sounds like you're a little frustrated that, hey, I live in a certain area, and if I draw a circle around where I could commute, there's not so many places, so I have to settle. So maybe try around it, but you know, give it a shot. Yep, I agree. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two answers. One to that okay. question, which is totally agree. If you look if you look at jobs online, which again we're not applying online, you just taking a look to see what companies are saying. Um, you'll see a lot of them are open to remote or they're open to people working in their satellite offices versus the main office. Even if prior to 2020 they wanted you in their main office, they're much more flexible about this. So I completely agree. And I think it's going to be a while before we're all going back into the office at anyway. So companies are really learning how to make this work. The other question that I, I asked um, probably unfairly to Richard was how do you find these small companies? So here's a couple of things. Um, A couple of places I like to find companies that may not come up in day-to-day conversation. So first and foremost, um, every, every, uh, you know, metropolitan area has a, a, you know, a general business journal that 
talks about the local companies. And I know, Richard, you said you're more in a remote place, but it's likely that those companies are talked about in these business journals that are close to you. You know, the Inc. Inc. Uh, top 5,000 companies, emerging companies, a great place to look or looking at startups. Or another place that's good to look is LinkedIn. Often when you, um, you know, if you find a smaller company that interests you, it'll often give you on the right hand side a list of People also looked at these companies, um, so you can look there as well. Something else I would encourage people to do is think about the type of, of organization and, and you want to work for and get more specific than I want to work for a well-known brand. But, you know, maybe you want to work for a company that has a, a uh, you know, an ethical CEO, and that narrows it down a lot. <laughs> um, or maybe you want to work... three companies to from. <laughs> maybe you want to work for a company that is very very environmentally focused in some way or or is, you know, a, a B Corp. So one that kind of balances uh, profits with with social impact. And when you start to kind of think about these things, then you could type these into, I mean, like if you want to work for a B Corp, there's an entire website of, I think, the top 500 B Corps. But when you start to kind of align your values with the type of company you want, chances are these companies are congregated somewhere on the internet and you're going to start to see names that you didn't know before and you're going to wow I didn't realize they had an office here so I think I think it's worth doing a little bit of research because if you're just throwing your resumes at Facebook um, Apple and all these other companies so are four million other people and it's unlikely that you're going to get uh, a response Richard we're so glad you called we're so glad you listened to the show thank you so so much for bringing up this really important topic that if you are looking for a job you have to go broad and we do right now have to go to our pre-break quiz (laughs) quiz there's a quiz yes 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 there's always a quiz all right a study of breakfast buffet behaviors say that three times fast (laughs) (laughs) a study of breakfast buffet behaviors shows this item is taken by 75% of diners. Do you think you know? 844-942-7866. I will give you a hit. This is sort of worded trick, tricky, tricky. Oh, boy. <laughs> and and um, I think buffets are a thing of the past anyway. But, hey, Series XM 132, Dr. Dawn on Careers, and we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series Exam, Channel 132. Guess what? If you're hearing my voice right now, Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live all hour taking your calls at 844-942-7866. And of course, I got to throw out the pre-break quiz just in case you missed it. A study of breakfast buffet behaviors shows this item is taken by 75% of diners. If you think you know, we would love to hear from you at 85. <laughs> I forgot the number. 8449 844-9- Nine four two seven eight six six on Sirius XM one thirty two. Come on, help Dion out. Uh, and hey, if you've not heard of LinkedIn's new tool, which is Career Explorer, this is a very cool tool for you out there who are thinking of making a, a change, a switch, but aren't quite sure what your next steps 
are. So you're going to love this tool. It's a little bit hard to find. I'm going to tell you the link and I'll put it on my Twitter after as well. My Twitter's at Dr. Don Graham, but it's a very cool link that looks at the skills you put in your profile and shows you career paths that you're a match for. And it also shows you which skills are the match and which skills you have gaps so that you can click on those gaps and go directly to a LinkedIn learning course to brush up on that skill. So it's a very cool tool. It's called Career Explorer. Maybe the easiest way to find it is just go to Career Explorer, LinkedIn, type that into Google. But you can also find it at linkedin.github.io backslash career dash explorer. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's so dang hard to find, but there it is. And um, I will be sure to post it on my social media. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to SiriusXM 132. We are so very, very excited to have Jack Kelly here. He is CEO, founder, and executive recruiter at WeCruiter, and he also writes for Forbes pretty much every day. He's got great career and job search articles, so if you're not following him, you will want to do that. So Jack, we're so excited that you're here. Where can people follow you, find out more about you, and all that fun stuff? Probably the uh, easiest thing is on LinkedIn. Um, because I'm constantly posting things on there, including the articles that you're so kind and gracious to talk about. It's awesome. And uh, uh, you can check us out on WeCruiters, W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R. And it's really a platform. So I, I have the, a recruiting arm, done, but then also we started WeCruiter really just to help people find jobs during this tough time. It's, it's, it's a platform where people go on, find other members, get leads for jobs, get ideas. We have a list of recruiters, career coaches, um, so it was really inspired by the pandemic just to help people. That is fantastic. Tell people one more time, Jack, where they can find that, because I know we have many listeners yeah. who are saying, I need to be on that website. <laughs> yeah, it's WeCruiter, W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R.com, W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R.com. And, yeah, it's really all about, like what Don and I were talking before, if there are members on there, so you could hit somebody up and say, hey, you work at such and such place, can you help me out, point me in the right direction? Hey, I need a recruiter. You could search for recruiters who specialize in your field. Hey, I need a resume writer, a career coach. You could find that. Um, I also put all my articles on there, and I also aggregate articles from you know other people as well, so you can get a good sense of how you can interview, what you should say, what you shouldn't say, how to sal- uh, get involved with salary negotiations. So it's kind of this like tool to, to empower people during this really difficult time. I love it. I love it. So everybody needs to go follow that site. And if you're just tuning in, we're live right now, right this second, right here in Philadelphia, 844-942-7866. We're taking all of your job search and career questions. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, and if you've always had a question you wanted to ask a recruiter, why is my resume getting lost in the ATS abyss? Why, after an interview, do I hear nothing from a company? What is going on in the job hiring process? Then you have tuned in on the right day because we have Jack Kelly here answering all your questions, 844-942-7866. But speaking of questions, Dion, let's talk about breakfast buffet behaviors. Let's talk about your early <laughs> your early recruiting. How about that? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what, what What is, I told you, if a listener asks me, I will tell. I I'm will listening. Tell. Uh, you are listening. You are. You're a forced listener, but actually you're, you're, 
You're up there with my- I'm, I'm paid to listen. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. All right. Breakfast beha- buffet behaviors. 75% of diners take this item. I already told you it's kind of a trickster question. So because it's a, tr- a trickster question, I know it's not bacon or eggs. So I'm going to say fruit. Why are you saying fruit? I don't know. <laughs> but, but I thought I thought maybe if you had a a reason that that reason might actually be the answer. So it's something healthy. No. Oh. Okay. I was, <laughs> <I> was dejecting. <laughs> should be though. Everybody should take fruit. Uh yeah. Ooh. No. Juice. Oh. I know this is a tricky question, Dana. Dana, help Dion out. I know you. Uh... I'm. I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say a spoon, which may already get the people, <laughs> but I feel like a spoon by like the yogurt and the cereal. It's a creative answer. That is a creative answer. It Wrong. is. It is not a spoon, <laughs> and yet it may be a spoon. So that, there is no spoon. That's what? my hint. Yeah, that's my hint, which will make more sense when oh, you. Oh, okay. Can, can I can I weigh in? Of course, Please Jack. Do. <laughs> I would say silverware. So it could be silverware, but it could not be silverware. A straw? All right. I will give it up. Which this (laughs) bagel (laughs) (laughs) could be a bagel. But this is the interesting thing, and it's too bad buffets are a thing of the past now, but a study of breakfast buffet (laughs) buffet shows that this item is taken by seventy-five percent of diners. And it is the first item, no matter what it is. So it could be a spoon, it could be a bagel. It could be bacon, but it wouldn't be bacon. I'll tell you why. Bacon's never first. That's why, because they know, like, they they do this strategically. They know that people are going to take the first item. So what is usually the first item in in any buffet? Eggs? Bread. Oh. Bread. Rolls. Yeah, like the cheapest thing. They want you to fill up on rolls so you don't get to the Ah, bacon. Fill up on the bread. So this was a strategic (laughs) thing. That's Olive Garden get you. Yeah, for sure, you know, or or they usually put like salad for so it's like bread, salad, you know, all the stuff. All the stuff you don't want. Yeah, and then you know at any buffet, it's like the seafood and all of, like the good stuffs down the end. Um, so, if you're a consumer at a buffet, which none of us will ever be yeah, again, never, never again. <laughs> will anybody here eat from a buffet? And Dana, would you eat from a buffet? I don't think so. Honestly, I just I was laughing. I mean, it's true. I don't think I would eat from a buffet again in the near future. Yeah, what about you, Jack? Uh, I will. I love those things. I'm not worried. Jack said, okay. COVID be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, you well, in, in New York, you know, it's so gross when they used to have all these open, you know, uh, salad bars, or whatever. So I think if I if it did kill me by now, then I, I'm a me. You know I what? Can, Jack can, makes yeah. a great point. Yeah. Because I eat a lot of old food because I went to college. And you know that—that's what you eat. Old so I, food. Yeah, so I feel like I'm safe. So I understand. Right. You know what? I'm on Jack's side. All right. Thank so you flipped, Jack. You flipped. You, you flipped, flipped me. Dan. It makes sense. You build up a tolerance. You can withstand anything. It is probably true. That's probably why we're all still here because we ate from many, many a buffet when we were younger. <laughs> so, Ron, what about you? Well, I thought buffets were disgusting before all of this. So, I mean, ew. Like, you're a germ- germaphobe. Uh, I am a germaphobe. Everybody who knows me knows that. But, but yeah, so no. I mean, this is just even worse. Although, I will say, like, a lot of things with COVID, 
Um, you know, other things gross, flying on a plane. Um, I think all of these things are actually much safer now because people are actually cleaning them. Yeah. They, they should have been cleaning yeah. them before, but they're actually cleaning them now. So... I don't know. If you're listening, would you eat at a buffet? Because actually now I do think they're probably cleaner than yeah. they were before. Can we, can we get a bigger sneeze guard over, <laughs> over the lettuce, please? Basically, it's kind of like one of those like incubation things in the hospital. Right. You have to stick your hands in gloves to get the mushrooms, and you're like, all right, do I really want those mushrooms? Well, you should know if you're going to eat at a buffet that, again, they've done a lot of this research. The, the first three items are taken by two-thirds of consumers but know that they put the good stuff at the end so if you're going to go to a buffet you know either start at the end or yeah, just be patient yeah cut in line unless they put the plates first and then you're just holding food in your hand yep well you know it's all gross so <laughs> 844-942-7866 if you eaten at a buffet in the last six months we want to know where was said buffet and do you think it's cleaner than it was before 2020, 844-942-7866. But seriously, um, Jack, I want to talk. We we got into the incivility of the the hiring process, and I know you've written about this a lot. And so how how have things gotten to this point? How have things gotten to be so um, rude in recruiting? (laughs) You know, it's it's terrible. For anyone who's looking for a job who's listening to this, I'm sure they can relate. There's... There's ghosting. They don't care about you. You have to make you fill out all these glitchy applications. They don't answer. And it never was like this. It's, I would say it's, this predates COVID. I started seeing this a few years back. And with the implement, uh, as technology was implemented, I, I saw a deterioration of just the human interactions. And now forget about it. You can't even get a, imagine, try to get a hold of somebody at a company, a live person is almost impossible. And they don't seem to care. And it's really disheartening. It's really frustrating. And I think for job seekers, it hurts the morale. It hurts their self-confidence because they think it's them personally. But, you know, they don't realize that it's across the board. So this treatment is for everybody. But when you're going through it as an individual basis, it's, it's really rough to deal with. And for, you, for everyone who's listening to, if you could take some comfort that it's nothing you did wrong, it's not like you have a black cloud over your head or maybe your former boss is trying to submarine you or your coworkers are saying negative things. It's, it's this trend. And I think lately in part, and I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, Don, but I think just as a culture for the last few years, it's just we've all become kind of rude to each other. And I, I think it also permeated the whole interview process and the hiring process. So just like on social media, you can yell and scream and fight with strangers or over a dinner table, you can fight with your family, argue over politics. The same thing is happening now within the whole job search process where we're just acting kind of cold and considerate to one another. Yeah, that is definitely unfortunate because the job search is a process where you definitely want to be treated with respect. It's hard enough as it is. And I've seen many, many horrible things happen to people. And as a recruiter, I'm sure you have, too. So what is what is one of the rudest things you've seen happen to a candidate? I, the day to day rudeness in that and it, it goes from day one or like the first action you, you ask to fill out an application and they make you put in all this personal data about you. They're glitchy. If you don't do it maybe in a certain time frame, you have to do it again. You finally submit it, and then nothing. Not even a canned response. 
then they also say, hey, upload your resume. But then why do you need to upload the resume if you just did that whole application? So right from the get-go, it's rude. Another thing with the job postings, a lot aren't real. That's true. They put them on there, and they forget about them. They forget to take them down. So you see a job on there, and you're like, yes, this is perfect. I love it. Or they already have somebody in mind, but they put it on there. Let's see if we get someone better. Hey, have you ever experienced something incredibly rude in the job search process? 844-942-7866. We want to know about it and what you did. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM channel. 132. This is your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're here with Jack Kelly talking about the job search and career all hour long on Sirius XM. So I, I would say one of the readest things I have seen, because uh, and this happens a lot to you, a lot of the jobs are not fake, but they are pre-identified for somebody in the organization. So a company has to go through the, the hoops of putting it out there. I've actually seen candidates who, in this one particular instance, um, she, was, she was flown for two days to the location to interview. I mean, she was a young mother, and, and this was not an easy thing for her to maneuver <laughs> to go do this interview, and later found out through a network contact that they had a pre-identified candidate all along, and they really had no no uh, interest in, in hiring her. And how, I mean, what? So horrible. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. See, you know what, what drives me crazy is this. They could have easily said to that candidate, hey, let's say it's Dion. Hey, Dion, we have somebody we really like, and we're inclined to hire that person. However, I like your background, too, and if you'd like to come and meet with us, we'd meet with you, but I just want you to know that we do have this in mind. Then Dion can make the decision, I'll still do it because maybe I can ace out that person, I'll get the job, or maybe I won't. But at least they go in with, with an understanding. But by not telling the person, it's it's just so inconsiderate, and it's so wrong, and it's so easily to change. It's so easy to change it. It really is. Just be honest, and then people have a choice. And I think a lot of people would roll the dice and take say, you know what, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot because they can say, hey, I need a job. I want a job. I like this opportunity, and I'll take the risk of spending you know a certain amount of time traveling, and hopefully I can nail it. And if not, all right, you told me up front, so I can't feel bad. Well, yeah, and this was a few years ago, too. So, you know, she risked her life eating at a breakfast buffet at the hotel they put her up into because they weren't nearly right, as cool. food poisoning on top of it, right? <laughs> all, that, all that bread and fruit she took. But, yeah, no, it is really disappointing. And if you're a job seeker, there are people who are, are wanting and trying to change the system. But the best we have right now is helping you get around those systems. And this is why we press the network, the referrals, the, you know, building out the connections that you have, because then you have this insider information. You know, if the company went on a hiring freeze and that's why you didn't hear back, or you know that they hired somebody internally and that's why you didn't get the job, because these things are tough enough and you start beating yourself up when in fact you did a glorious job in the interview or you were a great fit for the role but you were not going to beat the candidate that they had already promised and if you knew these things then you might better understand why we push networking and referrals so much during this show because we want you to get around these crazy systems these applicant tracking databases and these games that unfortunately we're seeing 
increasing in the hiring market. So, Jack, it has been great having you here on oh, Series XM 132. One more time, where can people reach you if they want to follow sure. your work or learn more about We Recruiter? Um, easy thing to find me on WeRecruiter, W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R.com, and you can check out my articles on Forbes, and just you could just put in Jack Kelly or Forbes. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Twitter, I'm trying to kind of up my Twitter game and Facebook as well. Can I, do I have time to give you one little thing? Of course. Before we, because you asked about recruiters and would people have challenges with recruiters. So I figured, hey, since I've been doing it for like 25 years, I think the biggest thing, I'll be quick because I know we're almost done. The biggest challenge I think people have is that recruiters or candidates will look for a recruiter to help them find a job. And what happens, most recruiters are contingency-based. That means you're only paid if you find the right person and place them at the company. And their job is really working on behalf of the company to find the right person. So a lot of times there's a disconnect because you're looking at a recruiter, oh, my gosh, they're going to help me. They're going to show me to all these different places. And it's so true, right? It doesn't happen. And this is why we do this show every week, because we want people to have the behind the scenes. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Dion and Dana, you always make this show so fun. Our guest, Jack Kelly. Uh, We are here every Thursday live at 844-942-7866 on SiriusXM 132. If you want more information, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time. from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.